and we're live. Welcome to this third episode of Rafa's podcast. And today I'm joined by one of my friends, uh, Marianne. She's a user experience designer and she's a front end web developer. I got that 100% correct, didn't I? 100% right. You got it right. Okay. Awesome. And a little background on our friendship. Actually, no, I think you can tell the story better. I've never, t- <laughs> so can you please introduce our, how we became friends? Okay, so first off, I want to say hello and thank you for having me on. And now I you're making me first... seem like a bad host. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just wanted to say thanks. I'm the first girl on the show, and this is only the third episode. So only the third episode. Hashtag inclusion. But either way, thank you Literally. for being No, of course. Um, and we met on Hinge. We met on a dating app, and we just like matched, and then we went like on a date, and it was like super fun. We watched. If we watch a movie, we watch like if Beale Street could talk, we, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a good movie. It was okay. No, and- don't lie. Don't lie. It was, it was literally not as good as Moonlight. Same director. No, of course not. I mean, it just, it lacked a lot of luster for sure. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like, but like, it wasn't a bad movie, but. Um, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't like, it didn't blow my mind. Yeah, I agree. And then we just became friends and we've been like super cool friends ever since. We yeah. had like a really nice, like low maintenance friendship. We kind of just like catch up every now and then and we'll like let each other know what's going on in each other's lives but yeah we met on hinge shout out to hinge which is pretty interesting you never know what can mm-hmm. happen that's why people dating trash dating, people trash dating apps and it's just like you really never know who you can meet like it's just another it's, it's such a good way of making connections in a way if you don't put everything aside if it doesn't work out but continue i've met some pretty exceptional people on dating apps i honestly can't complain i have more positive things than negative things i think you just like it's like you just get better at it the more that you're on them and you like are able to weed out people a little sooner because people are like oh they have no personalities i'm not making any connections but it's like okay what are you offering to the table and then like the more you're on them kind of like the better you're like okay, so this is the kind of person I should gravitate towards. These aren't. And then like that just allows for you to like meet better people. Correct. Correct. Um, I don't know. I actually can't say that I've gotten better at them. I would say, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I have like a roller coaster relationship with dating apps. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. like I, I remember talking about it in my first podcast. It's like, you're, you're, you're trying to brand yourself in some way to see what you can bring to the table. You get me? It's like these pictures in this bio is like, a small part of your brand, which attracts people. And it's just difficult because I mean, me personally, I rather meet people in person and have like mm-hmm. conversations with them in person. You know, it's just hard. Like how it's just difficult, you know, like matching with someone. And then what is, what is your first impression or that message that has to be something that catches the attention for sure. Yeah. Because I mean, there's way more guys than girls on dating apps. So maybe it's just like, I a, didn't know that you think so. Oh, I know. So it's, it's a, for sure. There, I that, didn't know that. Like competition is heavy. It's heavy. So that's why you have oh, to be like, okay. that's why you have to be um, very unique at first. I didn't but, know that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a super cool um, study if you really think about how dating apps work. But, you know, for the better, things like good things can actually happen. Mm-hmm. But um, either way, how I want to start this. Uh, so it's been a year since you changed your major, correct? Mm-hmm. from what to what well obviously I introduced you but like from what was your major before so it was business and that never felt right and then now it's economics and it doesn't feel right either I why doesn't it feel right because I've had a really complicated relationship with I've been I've done two internships now and my internships have to do with my career 
but there's no major really there's no like one major that you go into for like user experience obviously for front-end web dev you would do like computer science but I didn't take that route just because I've been I've done a good job I went to a coding school I went to WinCode um here in Winwood and that's where I learned front-end and then through my internships and through like playing around and like making my personal portfolio which I'm working on now and just like overall just like playing and and keep practicing because that's like a really important part of coding you definitely have to have a lot of discipline you have to practice a lot that's why they say that like musicians and people who are like in the navy and army are really good at coding and they can pick it up easily because they know that to get good at something you have to be consistent you have to do a lot of it so that's definitely true when it comes to coding and, and web development so I feel like I have, obviously, I could always learn more, and I will learn more as my internships come and go, and then the day I have a career, but it would make no sense for me to be a computer science major, in my opinion, right? And user experience is something extremely new, especially user experience design. So there isn't, like, if you were to look up college majors for user experience designers, it's a list of about 10 things. It's a very long list. So nothing really ever felt right. Correct. So what I've decided and I think is like a good match is like changing my major again, probably to like either graphic design or like creative media or something or like creative advertisement, something along those lines, just so I can really get graphic design like under my belt so that I'd be a better user experience designer. Because a lot of user experience designers now used to be graphic designers. And they've noticed that they're more interested in like the research portion and the application of research than just like designing like a campaign. So they're amazing designers because they've been graphic designers for an X amount of years. So to walk into a room, be like, I'm a user experience designer or user experience design intern and not be really good at Photoshop and like graphic design overall, I feel like would really give me a disadvantage. So I feel like that's the right move for me. I've like talked about it with a couple of people, like my sister, who's literally my like career coach. And she thinks it's a good idea too. I'm not opposed to it. I'm a really creative person. And I always mm -hmm. find that, you know, like I'm really good at something when I'm being like my most creative, right? So Definitely. for a really long time also, I tackled and was like having a hard time, like thinking like, oh like can I be creative and like like I just had that like minority Cuban Middle Eastern child like guilt like can I be creative and still like provide and like make my parents proud and you probably relate to this a lot of course I, know I do. do every day yeah and you've literally you've been one of like my biggest inspirations like when I Thank look you. and I'm like dude like Zafa's doing that you know what I mean and like you're just like you're so brave in everything that you do and it sucks that I have to say you're brave but like you know you're doing that you know what I mean like you always make it work and like you're literally I try I try to make it work hey give yourself more credit you're, you're making it work but um what's this called so I feel like coding and what I'm doing now gives me an amazing balance of like creativity and like problem solving but it gives me that like comfort that I feel like what I'm doing is like I wouldn't say corporate but it feels like right like for me yeah. at least like I'm like okay like I have my pants on here like we're gonna do that you know you're in a comfortable place with what you're doing right now. yeah definitely I have a really comfortable decision um that didn't make sense. <laughs> it was I'm no, comfortable okay. with the decision. Yeah. But so yeah, it's it's just complicated 
because it doesn't always match. I'm going to change my major now again, which is fine. And we're taking it one day at a time, but I, mean, I honestly love what I'm doing. Good. Everything is trial and error. Literally everything is trial and error. I think that's one of the biggest things people have to understand. You have to try. If you don't try something, how are you going to know if you'd like it or not? And maybe you end 100%. up liking it and maybe you end up taking it forward. Um, but I was going to ask you, but at, like before taking that step, what led you to like user experience design? Was it just because it's such a fresh field or like what was the first um, step? In, like what was the first step that you ever took that was like, oh, maybe I have a feature in this. Do you have like a certain memory of that or like how'd you get into it? Yeah, totally. So it's actually a pretty clear path, which is kind of interesting. Well, now it looks clear. Obviously, looking back, mm -hmm. I was like super lost for a long time. But I was a business major and it just like, I don't want to talk crap about business majors, but it just felt like a hoax. I was like, what am I doing here? Like, okay. everything felt so broad. Um, I kind of felt like I already knew everything. Case studies are interesting. They always are. And you can always learn from things. But it's like, it didn't feel innovative. So parentheses. Mm -hmm. I mean, do business majors... I look okay you said for you personally it feels like a hoax well not uh, i get what you mean by like a hoax yeah. it's not like but is it a waste of time be honest be honest like would know. you say it's a waste of time if you're a business major like do you think you can learn everything that they learn somewhere else instead of paying tuition for it okay so starting classes right like with accounting and things like that no like that is no way shape or form a waste of time because i feel like if you're just like an entrepreneur and you're like 18 years old you're not gonna know a lot of things that if you get like a business degree like you might be a little bit more naive right like you might make a couple of mistakes so that business degree can save you from those mistakes and also like you develop that like business school mentality you know how to carry yourself like you know the hustle like you know when to be aggressive you know like you know what i mean like you learn yeah. things mm -hmm. so i don't think it's a waste of time and i don't want business majors to come for me so i don't think it's a but i've had this conversation with a lot of people before and it's just like it feels like a really soft skill like it does right and like i get it and i know? understand from that, that outside perspective of you know i've never taken a business class like the most I, mm -hmm. most of business i know is like business the motion picture because that's literally like part of my major but i just feel like I mean, like we were talking earlier, no major is, no degree is really useless, I would say. Yeah. Because you obviously, you know, you get a business school and let's say you go to a business school in a good university, not a good university. Cause I mean, every school has something good about it and it's going to have the people mm -hmm. who are actually going to like strive to push forward. But, um, in certain business schools, I mean, what counts is really the connections that you make. So yeah, I definitely. guess that's not the worst. That's not the waste of time. The waste of time could be some classes that you take that are, that's the waste of time. Can yeah. We, did we like reach like an did. agreement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, yeah, I just, like, didn't feel right. And I would just be like, yeah, I'm a business major. And people would be like, really? Like, it doesn't, like, fit. Like, I, I don't see that for you. Like, you look so creative. You look so this. You look so that. And I would always get flattered when people would say that. I didn't feel weird. I would just, like, flattered. And then yeah. I just never felt brave enough, honestly, to be doing something other than kind of, like, what I felt like I should be doing. And I, I just like, I had a, a really hard time. And I remember like, I was talking about this with my therapist. I literally wasted like six therapy sessions on this. And I was like, I want to be an art history major. Like, I love the arts. I want to be creative. Like, I'll make it work. Like, I want to be an art history major. And even my therapist was like, I mean, it's not the most practical. And then I saw like, some of like, these like horror stories. This guy was like, 
I was an art history major at like this really good university and I'm a janitor and I was like and there's nothing wrong with being a janitor there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a janitor they're literally some of the heroes in this country no I get it I get it but but I understand where you're leading to it's like you you ended up being a janitor yeah I get it and you went through I don't even know what six years of school I'm pretty sure he said he has masters and I was like whoa so that freaked me out so then I was just like thinking and thinking and thinking. And then my sister is actually a product manager and she works in tech in New York. Mm -hmm. And I saw what she was doing and there was a lot of problem solving. There was a lot of like interacting with people. And it was like, I've always like loved technology and been like fascinated by innovation. So I really liked the integration of like working with people and business. And then like with all of these like developments of like these technological developments that were going on, right? So I was like, I feel like I could do this. Like this is great. And then I was like, you know, like, it would be really useful for me to learn to code because they always say like, you know, you don't have to code, you don't, or you don't have to know to code to work in tech, but it's always extremely useful. Correct. So I went to WinCode um, last summer. It's literally going to be like a year since I started. I started like the last year of May. So it's going to be about a year since I learned to code. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved coding because I was making things it was really, really difficult. Like I can't for a single second say that it wasn't difficult. It was really hard, but it was definitely worth it. And through learning to code, I found out what user experience design was, right? I found okay. what UX design was because I was learning to code and I was like, this is cool. I like this, all this stuff. But through learning to code, I was like, wait a second. I'm more interested into why someone's going to pick the blue button instead of the red button instead of making the button itself mm-hmm. right so then i was like like what, what 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 is this what's going on and then i remember like for my final project i made like this like little app which was like really hard but super great um and i was like really not happy with the final product because it like didn't look visually appealing like it worked beautifully it worked wonderfully it was really impressive but it didn't look right. And like how it I didn't kind of look feel, right to you or like, what was the feedback that you got from other people? Like you get me. Cause sometimes when you make things like it can, it may be like other people are like, wow, you did great. But, um, did it, so, but you, were you just not satisfied with it? I definitely wasn't satisfied with the front end. I was satisfied with the back end of it. Like the functionality of, of everything. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was, I liked it, but I didn't like how it physically looked because how I always think is like when you start working in like technology, you start to realize how everything is made in structure. So like you'll mm-hmm. go on a website and you're like, God, like this is, this is made so well. Like you're not searching for anything. It's not like taking a long time to find things. And it's just visually appealing. Right. Mm-hmm. I felt like it wasn't visually appealing. And I always think like, if I went onto this website, what I think it's like, what I think it's sketchy, what I think it's good would I want to use this product? Would I go out of my way to use this product? Would I replace it with something else, right? Because like everything is so competitive nowadays. So for me, it just like didn't, like it wasn't it, right? So like, but like we were working on like a two and a half, three week sprint. So I understand by the end of it, the other people in my group were like super over it. The the people in my group, my final group project, they were like grown women with like careers one of them was like a biology professor at um actually and she was like learning to code to like help her research so they were like super over it they like you know and i understand i understood it but at the end of the day i was definitely proud of it but i wanted it to be prettier like there's no other way i just wanted it to be prettier 
so that's kind of what I found out that I wanted to do. I, I was like fascinated by UX and I was like, I, I want to do this. And then I didn't want to give up on coding. One, because I paid for a coding school. <laughs> and two, because I, I do enjoy coding. I love it. I love making Good. things and I love how it feels. So what also makes a UX designer really valuable is if you know how to code because people don't just want a, you, you know, people are constantly asking for more. So like, it's like, we want a UX designer, but like, if you know how to code, like that's going to look really good on your resume. Type yeah. So that's been helpful. It's been helpful that I, I kind of started backwards, right? Like I learned front end and then I decided to do UX instead mm -hmm. of like doing UX. And then, and then now I have to learn graphic design, but like, that's fine. That's like a whole thing on its own. But I'm pretty comfortable. I mean, I'm always nervous. I'm like, am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? But I, I'm pretty comfortable and grateful, definitely, for like this path that I've yeah. taken. Yeah. That sounds good. That that's. I mean, I feel like you've you got here because every. I mean, do you think like everything just happened for a reason in your path of finding that journey? Because I mean, think about it. If you weren't, if you didn't switch your major, do you think you'd be where you are right now? Honestly, I feel like I could be in absolutely any major on earth right now. And you now. think you'd get and to I, this place? Yeah. Be, I mean, if I still had the curiosity to code and I still recognize the importance in learning to code, yeah. Because I think that my major has absolutely nothing to do in the two internships that I've landed and like the relationships that I've developed with It people. sounds like, like you're being... in the perfect place right now. It sounds like you're very comfortable. <laughs> no. And congratulations, because that's, that's really hard to find. It's, it's really hard to find like being in that no no being at that stage is really hard to find because what a lot of people what happens to a lot of people is just they get stuck in something they don't like but it's mm -hmm. just they don't know where to like look for other ideas or other passions and i feel like you've achieved like that balance that you were talking about of just you know you have your a your b and your c at a good enough about balance like balance but you're still learning about them all and mm. they all they all help towards getting so towards the bigger picture, which is good, which is, which is amazing. And like, you're literally one of the mm -hmm. few people that I know, like that has their shit straight. Like <laughs> give yourself some credit. Like you told me, give yourself okay, some credit. Because I, 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 I don't talk I to a lot of people who know exactly, unless, unless like very dedicated actors who do musical theater. And I'm, I know a lot mm -hmm. of them, like, <laughs> like those are the people that I know <laughs> that like, that's what they want to do. Like they want to spend mm -hmm. four years in college to do Broadway. Perfect. You love your passion. You love that you're passionate about this. Other people, I mean, for example, like I'll give you my, myself as an example. Like I do all these things that you see me do uh, to find out something that I really, really do enjoy um, because, um, God, I love quotes. And I talked about it in my first podcast too, but I saw that I heard this quote that this guy was like, oh, if money wasn't a thing, what would you do with your life? You know, like what, what, what would you spend your time doing? And I feel like that's, that's such an easy way to find out like what you want to do is like in your career and in the future. And, um, to me, it's just, I have so many like passions, but that's okay. Like there, there's so many people that have like a lot of, you know, they just love a lot of things. I can't just stick to one thing and I'm still trying to figure out like where to spread, like where, how to spread myself. Yeah. Like throughout these things where I can do them all like at max, not, well, yeah, at maximum effort, but mm -hmm. like my major, like I'll, I'll give you like a little background. It was like for like in high school, I did yearbook. I need, I did newspaper. You know, I was doing journalism and I'm pretty sure I've told you at some point, you know, throughout this whole time we've known each other, I, I was in journalism and I did things like that. And that didn't feel creative enough. You know, that I didn't feel like I had enough freedom 
to like looking in the, in the bigger picture, if I would follow that path, it was very much just see what's going on in the world and write about it and just become another paragraph in the newspaper, on the online blog or on the online magazine or whatever it is. And it's not like, you know, how often do you read an online article and actually uh, look at the author? You know, mm-hmm. it, it just, ah, it, it just rarely happens. You just get lost. I don't know if lost in translation, no, lost in translation, <laughs> is definitely not the right uh, ex- uh, wording to use, but you just get lost yeah. in like the, the mess of what is journalism. And I get it. A lot of competition didn't feel creative enough for me. So that's actually what I went to UM for. I was in the, like, um, what was it? Broadcast journalism. I wanted to be a news reporter, anchor, like all my good friends from like back in the day, they knew that that was what I wanted to do. Obviously that didn't happen because you just find, you know, different tracks. So boom, I took a, 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 a production class. I made a couple of short films. I'm like, wow, I really enjoy making shit with a camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that led to where I am today. And I, you know, it's just, to me, I guess I see it as everything happens for a reason. I feel like there's like, I know if there, if I take out a little um, step of my life at any point before I went to UM or let's, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like I, mm-hmm. I just wouldn't. And it's, it's, it's part of the growing experience too. It's like, you just meet certain people or certain things happen in your life that lead you to other places. And it's, it's super interesting because I mean, like you said, if you would, you would be in any major, you'd still be where you are today. Like I can't relate to that. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's super interesting because there are a lot of people who are, who are stuck without leading your path or my path. And maybe it's like a society thing. Maybe they feel pressure to, do what they're supposed to do. And I think that was pretty interesting. But um, I still remember this one thing that you told me one time. I think it was the last time we hung out. And I highly doubt whatever friend told you this is going to listen to this. But I remember you told me that a friend told you that she was going to wait till you can get her a job. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I it, just, remember it, just, it just stuck to me so much because mm-hmm. I know so many people like that. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why they can't take a step like why why certain people can't take steps is it just it's either like lack of motivation or society and it's just it's just that was super interesting like how you know that what does that say about you that you're gonna wait on somebody else's <laughs> progress <laughs> to start your own progress which is a little yeah. funny but you were also talking about um not like feeling like you're not doing enough i read the war in art i read it it was great, but I want to know what you thought of it, like, initially. Like, when you finished it, what did you think about it? It was definitely a breath of fresh air, and I think every single creative should read it. But at the same time, I don't know how to, I don't know how to really explain it. It kind of, I felt the same way after I read How to Win Friends and Influence People, mm-hmm. where it's like I felt comfort and I felt good, but I didn't, like, it, and my jaw didn't drop. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's not like it changed your life forever. I just feel like it wasn't personal enough, maybe. Because I think that I receive things best when it's like extremely personal. Like it's like a biopic or like a memoir and like someone's telling me and like, I feel like I go through a journey with them. Whereas like when it's something like that, I'm like, I'm taken back and like, I'll go back and I'll look through what I highlighted and I'm like, okay, like this was great. But it's like, it doesn't really like do it for me. Like, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? I like, there's you. like some books that like, I'll go back. Like when I really think about the books that have like completely and totally changed my life, like changed my thought process. It, it's usually books that 
are like literally someone's personal story and I'm taken to the story with them and I can pick and choose what I relate from. And then I'm like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's relatable because what book have you related to on that level? Because I'm, I'm not a huge like book reader. Like until now, but it's like until now, it's like when I've been like picking up books, because I mean, obviously, like you have some free time. So it's like, why not Mm -hmm. um, start something new? Because I had this discussion with Liam, actually, um, not in our podcast, just before, like with just random conversation Um, Mm -hmm. when I was talking to him about a book. And he was saying that like books are are complete thoughts. Like if an author is trying to deliver a message, it's the it's that message in its most complete form. Because mm. you can be having a conversation with someone, and let's say I'm having a conversation with that author, there are things that are going to be left out just because we're humans and we can't remember every single thing. But when you're writing a book, like you're taking your time to develop that idea and express yourself at every single point. So I think... For years. Yeah, for years. And it's just literally super complete thoughts of whoever's trying to tell you that you know, story uh, or reason or trying to change your mind about something. It's like they have, it's like a full on argument, which is really cool because that's, that's an, uh, that's a, a part of art that I ignored for the longest time, but just understanding how, how these like ideas can get given at such in-depth detail kind of, I, th- I feel like I say blew my mind a lot, but like it, it blew my mind that's to good, be like, though. to be like, Oh shit. Like books, ex- books exist. And like, yeah, I understand, I no, I obviously I've known, <laughs> but it's like, now I kind of understand like why some people are like really avid book readers because there's just so much. It's like basically like a, like a net, like how someone younger would look at a Netflix category, um, catalog and be like, Oh, there's so much, but multiply that times like a billion yeah. <laughs> dating back to whatever date you want. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty insane to me. To the books are, yeah. But, um. Either way, what book have you related? I entirely agree with what you're saying. And it's just like, I don't know how to, I have the weirdest relationship with books and reading. It's like, I'll fall onto a book, right? And I'm in the process of reading it. And it's just like, I'm in love and obsessed with the book. And I'll literally read it in a sitting or in two sittings. But it's so hard for me to get there. You know what I mean? Like when I, I feel like when I read a book, I really, yeah it is Mm -hmm. because it's like you sit in front of a a tv um like a screen and i'm like watching a movie i'm watching a documentary and it's like you're feeding me this information but it's it's condensed right like you lose a lot but when you're reading it's like what you said it's like a complete thought but it's also so elaborate and a lot of people don't agree with me on this but i love when an author goes in a tangent like i love when an author like people often say you're not supposed to write how you speak but i love when authors write how they speak i feel I like feel like that's I'm the best way i feel like that's and the best people, way i can't read anything like that's academics. monotone i can't read I anything that's monotone i love under like especially like audiobooks because sometimes for me audiobooks are just easier because i kind of treat it as a podcast and it's just mm-hmm. it's just a little bit easier for me and if it's the author who did it i'm like I'm getting like 100% complete yeah. experience. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this book. Like mm-hmm. 100%. But it's just, I mean, I don't think I've read a monotone book. I think all the books that I choose to read that get recommended to me are just pretty much how the author speaks. So I don't have mm-hmm. a problem with that, but yeah. Have you, you should, have you read Michelle Obama's book, Becoming? No. I'm pretty sure. I don't want to, I'm like, I'm 100%, I'm 99% positive. She's the one in the audiobook who's like oh really she's, she's narrating i think so yes 
So you might want to check it's a that out. bold claim. Do you think she took no, the think, time to do that? Can I look it up? Can I literally look it up? I think yeah, look true. it up. I'm going to look it up. But anyways, I read that book. I screamed. I cried. I laughed. I just have absolutely no way of telling you how amazing that book was. It was a hug. That book was just a hug. Awesome. I felt so spoken to as like a con because I was pretty confused at the time when I, I wasn't really confused, but I was definitely in like a changing period in my life. One of so, those life phases that you yeah, used. where like kind of how and this was actually around the time that I told you like I, I felt like I wasn't doing enough or like I felt like sometimes imposter syndrome like did I belong there? Am I doing enough? Like you know, and then I feel like a really good good advice that we can give to anyone especially young people like us working is like, just because you don't know all the answers immediately doesn't mean you're not allowed to be in that room and you're not supposed to be in that room. You're supposed to learn. And that's actually one thing that coding and just like working like in what I do overall has taught me. And overall, through all of my internships, if I didn't know something, I wouldn't lie. But I also wouldn't like be like, oh no, I, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I have never said no in my whole entire life. I said, I would be very vocal and I'd be like, I don't know that right now, but like, give me like a day or two or like, I would think about it and I'd be like, I'm going to have an answer for you by yeah. the end of the week. Or like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out for you. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's kind of what Michelle's book told me in a way. She just touches up on so many things, just like overall, like the experience of being a woman in America and then the experience of being a woman in front of, I mean, she was the first lady of the United States of America. Of on top of that, she was the first black woman to be the lady, lady. of the United States of America in 2008, which I don't know about you, but I think about 2008 and I think about 2020 and I'm like, those are two completely different worlds. Sometimes like, 100%. and now when I watched her documentary, I was like, how did he come? Wait, did your documentary come out already? Yeah, I was on Netflix. Oh, because I, I was going to tell you, I'm like, I'm like, okay, so there's a documentary with literally the same name, but there's also no, the book with the same name. <laughs> like which one do I do like I know like both are like I know the book is a more complete experience but I'm probably gonna watch the documentary first does that no, make sense fine. like that's totally it's that's fine okay it's fine and another good thing is that the book is not a substitute for the documentary the documentary is I figured a substitute for the it's, book. it's never it's never gonna it's never gonna do that I figured but not even because it doesn't amount to it it's just like she she dives in completely different things in the book also. Okay. I feel like the documentary was just like, I wouldn't know. To say that it's a farewell is wrong. It's more of like a, like, this is, this is what's up. It was more like, I wrote a book. We might as well document it and put it on a Netflix documentary. That's kind of how the documentary yeah, felt. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. But it was interesting because then I started having faces to the names and stuff like that. But it was just such an exceptional read. I think that any young person should read it of any background. I think that if you're a woman, if you're a minority, it's going to touch you times a billion. And it, it, it's going to, because, you know, I think when it comes to minorities, a lot of times is like, we feel like we're constantly representing our own, right? So like people have like all of these stereotypes about like Colombians, people have all these stereotypes about Cubans and people have all of these stereotypes about black people. And then like, it's like you carry yourself a certain way one day and then that person that you met who maybe isn't a minority is going to carry that with them forever and mm -hmm. I don't know if all people think this way but I definitely think that way sometimes and I can only imagine someone who's more visibly their race going through that so to hear her talking about that to hear her talking about just like being a woman like 
it was just like it was a, it was it was it was literally a hug like that's all I can say like she just she she validated me she told me it was okay and she makes a point to tell everyone that their story matters which I feel like our generation isn't so bad at it like we're like the gen z millennial cutoff but I feel like the older generations really like they get like lost in this like group thing and they're just like oh my god I'm not even that important like get over it type thing but it's like no like you're valid and like you said like everything you've been through from the beginning until now is the reason why you are who you are today and who you are today so it's important and you should acknowledge that she really goes into that in the book and in the documentary all of the girls that she meets and and boys also she just like makes them feel valid and she's like like look at you like look at what you're doing and then there's like that meme where she's like, hey, queen, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I love that meme, okay? And it's literally, it's, it's everything encompassed. It's like... That's awesome. I, she, I mean, you definitely like, sound so good. very passionate about that. And I love speaking... I love Michelle Obama. <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I mean, that's, that's the best. I love when people are passionate about something and they could just go on and on and on forever. Because I mean, at the end of the day, it impacted you in some way, which... I mean, I don't know if it changed your Love life, you, but it definitely, <laughs> but it definitely like gave you that boost, gave you that comfort, gave you, gave you what you needed to hear at, you know, that transition period of your life. But given that, so, um, obviously, you know, coding and things like that, um, primarily a male thing. How do you feel in that field? Um, very interesting question. So I've been really lucky that I visited my sister in New York in August and I always tell my sister and she gets a little bit mad at me. So like if she watches this, whatever girl, I don't care. She gets mad at me often because she's always You gotta censor like, this podcast. What is, you gotta send your sister the podcast. Oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't want my sister to like hear everything about me. <laughs> no, she, she probably already knows this, but it's like, maybe she doesn't want this out in the world. I don't care. Whatever. Deal with it. Liz. Okay. But Pretty much I tell her every single time I, I visit her often. She lives in New York and I visit her very often. We're very, very close. And I always tell her, like, whenever I visit her, I feel like I have this, like, I, like, sit down. I have to, like, reevaluate my life. And I just, like, I always have, like, an intense therapy session. And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just, mm-hmm. like, if there's one person who, like, knows me extremely well and, like, just, like, calls me out on, like, whatever needs to be called out on, it's, like, my sister. Like, she always holds me accountable, which I think is very important. So I always like take a couple of days whenever I come back from visiting her and it's not that visiting her is a chore or anything. It's just like, we have genuine conversations. It isn't just like whether or what we saw or what we ate. It's like, how do you feel about this? Like, how are you doing? But like, why did you do that type conversations? And those are really important. So I feel like I always have that. So I had just finished learning to code. I literally finished my final project. I think it was like a Wednesday or Thursday. And then like that weekend I flew to New York and I spent a week with her semester started and she was like one of the really cool things about working in tech is that you can work pretty much in any industry you want like there's no such thing as a tech industry anymore every industry is tech I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth I don't remember if it's Papa John's or Pizza Hut but they call themselves a tech company that makes pizza if you get what I'm saying you know what I mean like they're that's, not a pizza company they're a tech company that makes pizza like that's what they call them without looking it up I feel like that wouldn't be papa john's it would be pizza Hut. i feel like papa john's has gone through enough 
<laughs> like the company itself. Wait, is I like, saw him. I, I know. Him. I know. I know. You saw a Panther Coffee. I have good memory. Oh, I remember. Man. I lost my <laughs> mind. I, I genuinely couldn't believe that this man was in front of me. And everyone was equally losing their minds. They were like, and this girl and I made eye contact. And I was like, She's like, oh my God. And she like showed me her phone and she was like looking him up and I was like, he even has the red vest on. Are you serious? Then, he had the red vest on, dude. Nah, he wanted to yeah. get him recognized. He's that celebrity. Probably. I don't know. I feel no like. No one went up to him. Yeah, but I feel, I, I understand that. And I like, obviously, you know, a lot of celebrities want their privacy and stuff like that. But either way, as this, let's, let's put yourself in the shoes of someone who is very known and people are going to get recognized. Like you're going to walk outside and you're going to feel eyes on you from everywhere don't you think that's gonna make you a little uncomfortable yeah i mean but he's been the face of this pizza he's been the face okay so maybe he kind of wants it because he's been the face of the pizza company like you don't always have to be the face of your company and i've had this conversation with a lot of people sometimes people are like you know like i'm fine with me being my own person and then my company being its own thing but some people choose to be the face of their company. Yeah. Now, whether that helps them or not, that's like a different conversation. I think it definitely depends on the company. But like, homie's been on the box for I don't even know how many years. You know what I mean? So that was interesting. I mean, he's definitely but, like adjusted to that lifestyle. But I guess yeah. after the whole like controversy and stuff like that, it's, it could be a little different. But um, Papa John, what a dude. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. Red vest and everything. Jeez. But what's the last thing I said so yeah she told me that I could pretty much work in anything and then she told me like you love makeup and skincare why don't you try to work in that Mm -hmm. and this is also another thing that I tackled with and I hope no one comes for me and if you do it's fine but for a really long time I felt like wanting to work in like makeup and skincare it just like didn't feel valid or like it didn't feel like I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but also I was going to have to explain that one though. (laughs) I am now. So I was speaking with a boy once and he, he codes Mm -hmm. and I remember telling him like that I wanted to work in like makeup and skincare and all these things. And he was like, but like, why you're so smart? Does that make sense? A little bit more sense now? Like he was questioning why I would choose that route when like, maybe like my yeah, health where like my intelligence could go elsewhere so it's something more important it just didn't feel important right mm-hmm. but I put my big girl pants on and I was like this is what I want to do like this is actually something I love and I'm passionate about and like to some people it might sound silly but I think there's something really personal and, and beautiful about like making a product and like mm-hmm. someone applies it to their body and it's like a ritual for them or like I'm making a lipstick and like you're nervous for an interview and like you put on that lipstick to like feel a little bit better. Like you have a date, like you want to feel something. So you put on my product. I just think that's so special. I like that. I've actually never heard like that perspective given by somebody that's, that's actually like pretty cool to hear, you know? I mean, it's not like I knew, like obviously, you know, makeup equals confidence booster Mm -hmm. in a way, but that's pretty much, uh, pretty much the blanket statement of it it's like okay makeup makes you look prettier but you know like you said rituals and things like that which is an awesome way Mm -hmm. to put it like thank you because that's really cool no of course and you can probably relate to that because i also relate to that when it comes to movies right like when i want to feel a certain way or i want to think a certain way i'll put on a, a, a specific movie or i'll go back to a movie and i'll kind of like remember what it felt like or even learn something new about the movie and then also I forgot where I was going with this, but I was going to say something kind of just like how, like also like a movie will make you feel 
a couple of days after. Like it's crazy how like a movie can change my thought process or the way I want to dress and carry myself a couple of days after. Yeah. And I feel like makeup or just anything that you do to your like physical self can take you there also. So this is kind of off tangent, but my end goal would be to start like a sustainable makeup and skincare company just because like that is my end goal but like right now i'm happy where i am but that is like a long-term end goal i don't know it's 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 on the list of stuff you want to do for sure that's awesome that is that is really cool so back to the men thing (laughs) i've been lucky to work in primarily female environments okay so i don't think i've tackled that yet where i've worked like with just like a, a pack load of men and i've been one of the only women but in the other environments, for example, when I was learning to code, there was definitely more men than women. Okay. All of the instructors were men. The only female instructor, I'm pretty sure WinCode changed the curriculum a little bit since I went. They've grown a lot. But the only female instructor was the UX UI designer because they actually also offer a UX UI course. Maybe I'll do it in the future. I don't know. But all of the instructors were men. All of like the TAs, like the teacher's assistants were men. Oftentimes it felt like the boys were the ones who were like more eager to answer the questions. I was kind of one of the only girls like really like on top of it and like doing the questions or like answering the questions. And then this is going to sound kind of funny, but my sister recently added me to this Slack that um, her like fiance boyfriend situation. I don't know what he is. He's a really good developer. Like he's literally been coding since he was, he's been coding for, I think almost like 11 or 10 years. Or no, actually way more than that. Maybe 15. I'm not sure. I'll have to ask him. But he, they like invited me into their Slack group. I'm like, sometimes I have coding questions and I'm like. That is such an awesome resource to learn. Just just even like watching their interactions and the things they talk about. It's like, that's awesome. You're getting a a sneak, sneak peek into the future in a way. Definitely. And I feel so, it feels like really cool. I feel really grateful that like we kind of work in the same industry and that like they're able to teach me the things that they know. And like, even just like my sister and I were like having a conversation about it, like over Christmas break when I was like with her. And she even said like, it's so cool that we get to talk about this. And like, I'm hopeful that like my my future significant other will work in tech too. Cause I just think like, that'd be so cool. It would be like a tech powerhouse. Yeah. But I still like, I get embarrassed to ask some questions and I usually just like go on like, a, a what like a like the, one of the things that I, I use like for or sometimes you can like just like google a question but like there's like different places where like you can like, ask questions and people like literally what they're dedicated to is answering mm-hmm. or even in the slack of WinCode where I was learning to code there's a help channel and then mm-hmm. you can ask there and it doesn't feel as personal because there's like literally I think there's like 600 people on the help channel oh, or wow. more so it doesn't feel it's as still personal. a good resource though a hundred percent slack is Slack is very, I don't, I'm not going to say it's underrated. I feel like for a lot of people our age, they don't know what a tool it is, but they're going to when they enter the workforce. Mm-hmm. Slack is incredible. But I, I, I 100% feel the intimidation from like male developers or just like the fact that it is a male dominated industry. And like maybe the day of tomorrow when I'm not working in like beauty, mm-hmm. I'll feel it a little bit more because I'm definitely open to working in another sector. So I 100% feel the pressure. I just, again, try to take like a really deep breath in. For me, oftentimes I feel like it's harder for me being a minority and especially I I recognize that I have white passing privilege. 
I when I walk into a room, I don't think I get as nervous when I see white people or people who have been more privileged than me as much as I, I get nervous when I, like, I see men for some reason. Like I'm always like, oh, they're gonna think I'm dumb, they're gonna think I'm this, they're gonna think I'm that, which is unfortunate. I'm still working on that. That's fine. It's but part of the process. 100% part of the process. But it's fine. Like, you know, yeah. like, I'll figure it out. Like, but I think that that was a good question. Thank you for acknowledging that. Of course. I haven't gotten into a speed bump yet, but I do know of women who have, like, gotten into speed bumps. Yeah. And it's, it. it's part of just being ready because, I mean, at 21, you still have the entirety of your, like, work life Career. to go and, like, to, to just to look forward to. And people are difficult. People are, you know, you're not always going to, it's not, it's never going to be perfect. You're always going to meet uh, asshole number one, asshole number two, and asshole number three mm-hmm. along the way. So it's just like, <laughs> it's like when you get there, like dealing with it, it's just, that's, that's when I guess you learn how to deal with people. Yeah. And Here's an, a funny quote for you since you like quotes. My sister said this not too long ago and she said, I'm over people with personality disorders ruining everyone else's lives. And I was just like dying. Believe it or not, a lot of the assholes that you'll bump into in, like, a work environment, they just, like, need to go to therapy and, like, have a personality disorder. Like, I don't doubt it for a second. It's just some people that just haven't opened their mind to, like, other perspectives and how other people could feel. And, like, just, like, overall understanding that not knowing something is okay. And, like, the people under you are learning and just because you yeah. have 15 years of experience under your belt doesn't mean the kid, the kid with two or three or four or five is going to know exactly everything because that, are just, that just all mm-hmm. comes with life experience. Yeah, but um, that brings up two good things that I wanted to touch about. The first one, I remember at uh, one point during like the last three minutes of us speaking, you said that you have like white passing privilege. Um, you know that's only here in Miami, right? I know that the moment I open my mouth anywhere – people know that I'm not from Miami and it's funny though because like when people like look at me initially I get a lot of different responses like I remember one time like my sister and I were at a bar in New York and this guy was like oh are you guys like Israeli and we were like no but like part of our family is Lebanese he was like oh but like Catholic Lebanese right like Christian Lebanese meaning like we don't look Muslim right at that point were you offended or were or like how was it you get me? Not offended and like, excuse me? Like, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, did I you understand why he would make those connections? Or were you more like, don't make those connections, dude, come on. I mean, homie was super drunk. And he was just like, you can, it was kind of like one of those guys at a bar that's just like floating around because he's like annoyed his friends or the group that he's with. And he's just like trying to make conversations with anyone. Okay. So he was super drunk, right? And then, honestly, I don't get offended because I don't feel like he was fetishizing me. When I get offended and annoyed is when I feel like someone is, like, fetishizing, you know, where I'm from. Like, oh, my God, oh, okay. like, you're so exotic or, like, something like that. Or, like, oh, my God, like, that's so yeah. hot. Like, stuff like that. That's when I'm, like... I'm, yeah, like, that makes oh, sense. Someone call 911. But <laughs> I don't... I mean, my sister... This is a conversation I've even had with my sister before. I have become really self-conscious in the last, I don't know six months or no not even six months year really when my sister brought up to me my accent and how I think even saying the word accent shows my accent so much I can I can really 100% to that but continue I'll you pro- give you I'll give you my I'll right? give you I'll give you my story now yeah so she just told me something along the lines of like you know you might want to work on this because it could make things difficult for you in the future or if you want to like take the really noble other sector and road don't work on it 
and you know just like do your thing so what is like what is working on it i guess neutralizing it like i can kind of neutralize it when i'm talking to someone from miami it's more difficult when i'm talking to someone that's not from miami i feel like right now i'm neutralizing it a little bit you know are you so neutralizing it because flip. are you neutralizing it because you're talking right to me or because you. you're on a podcast no right now i was neutralizing like right now it or throughout, you. so not the entire conversation no i don't okay no, it didn't feel like I was okay because i know a lot of your audience is also like from miami but yeah definitely i do see how like you know someone could like think someone with a miami because something it does sound a little silly like i'll watch the tiktok or like the ish miami people say and like it it, it sounds a certain way right it does one so, like literally it's just, it's just we don't notice difficult. it because that's that's the bubble that we're in mm-hmm. but like like I said before, it's like you know your whitewash pass not not whitewash passing a white privilege passing, uh. Mm-hmm. But that's like only here in Miami. But because we're so just interconnected, like we can see the difference of races. But mm-hmm. everywhere else, it's just it's just white people. <laughs> it's just yeah. and like we're just watching yeah, the, and just watching the TikToks is like okay, white, white, white. This person is from Miami. It's just mm-hmm. like you 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 know. But like. That's- I didn't so, actually, I didn't realize how quickly I can just, like, that was really true. Like, I it, never noticed. Right? That's so crazy. I never noticed when I could tell that someone, wow, yeah, I'm going to think about that next time. I'm like, just looking through something. But I, I want to know what it's like. Okay, do you think it's, obviously, I don't, I just, maybe it's not natural, but do you think you should neutralize it? Like, do you feel like something is being taken away from you when you neutralize it? Or do you think that's just what you have to do in order to sort of, not fit in because fit in kind of puts a negative aspect to it, mm-hmm. but uh, sort of help me out here. You get what I'm saying? It's like neutralizing yeah, this can put you at a certain place in in certain categories of the workforce that are primarily, let's just say, white. Like, are you okay with neutralizing your accent and where you're from and things like that? Because, I mean, right now when I try to, I'll give you an example. Like when I try to do these unless like I'm talking to like a super close friend or things like that. Like, I guess my Miami accent can't come out, but even then I've, I've lost some of it. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, I feel like I'm also very self-aware about that because I've been around people who have, who are just, uh, just people who no just accent. no accent. So my accent is super, super, super prevalent. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about the fact that at some point, I guess I would have to neutralize it. You know, I guess it just doesn't feel normal for me, but I guess it's something that we minorities have to do you know i just I, i'm still not 100 like i haven't been in the situation where it's like damn if i don't talk like them i can't be with them you know i have never mm-hmm. been in that situation and i don't i honestly don't think i will i wouldn't put myself mm-hmm. in that situation but i know there's some people like that's what they're gonna go through mm-hmm. you know so overall what's the deal like what do you think about that i if i'm being honest at first when it was brought to my attention i felt a little sad like i did i was like damn like have i been speaking like this my whole entire life and have people been making certain judgments because of the way i'm speaking right because the the one thing that i think that is so difficult and like about it is like is it taking away from my intelligence are you no longer listening to what i have to say and only how i'm saying so that's the one reason why I don't feel bad about neutralizing it. Just because I understand the way people or professional people think, right? It's kind of like the same thing, like, I'm a feminist, 
but I recognize that if I walk in with a skin tight dress and like 15 inch heels to a job interview, they're going to think a certain thing about me. Mm-hmm. You under- and unfortunately that's the world we live in, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to walk into an interview looking like that either. Right. Correct. So I kind of feel like in a way you don't have that much control over it, obviously in how you dress because it takes work and you literally have to think about everything you're saying when you're neutralizing the accent. But I, I don't really feel like it's that huge of a deal. I think that the workplace, especially like, I think tech is pretty, it isn't, it isn't inclusive, but like, you know, I would think tech is one of the most inclusive. Right. Besides like BuzzFeed or something. BuzzFeed hires anyone, which is cool. But, um, I don't know how to say it really. I just feel like we used to live in a, in a point in time where like black women couldn't wear their hair naturally like they literally had to go out of the way and do certain things to their hair because like it was portrayed as like dirty or bad and like that's messed up so i that's that's insane that that was even a thing but exactly right like imagine feeling that way but some days i wake up and i'm like sad about it and i'm like why can't i just be me and then some days i wake up and i'm like i get it why am i gonna make things harder for myself you know so i think definitely when i'm on the phone with it just it, it comes out also naturally like like black people say it sometimes it's like put on your caucasian voice for an interview i don't think there's anything wrong with that like go get your fucking bag like that's yeah, how i feel about yeah it. of course and that's like, the world that's the world we live in so we have to adapt in a way that's mm-hmm. that's literally that we, we just have to adapt because mm-hmm. it is ah, it's such a it's such a crazy statement but in a way we do live in a white man's world especially in the u.s like in the u.s i must say in the u.s it's definitely a white man's world like that's just, that's just outside of the u.s too believe it or not yeah i mean i i you know i believe it mm-hmm. i haven't experienced it so i can't talk mm-hmm. about it too much but I, yeah. it makes it makes complete sense but that's just a little insane and i don't mean it in a derogatory way whatsoever no of course we just live in you know the truth which that's the united states that's that's just how mm-hmm. it is like um the big people and the top of the big businesses like that's mostly where you're gonna find and that's that's completely okay. Putting your white voices on is completely okay. The fact that we're having this conversation means that it's, it's that it's it's, it's, it's it's something that, you know, can be discussed freely, you know, because it does have some sort of impact on ourselves and how we feel about it. But I mean, to give you my little background experience on that, like when I, re- when I had to become really self-aware of uh, myself as a Latin person <laughs> uh, was obviously, you know, when I left Miami, something I told you I wanted to do for a while you know great I learned a lot of things but the primary thing I learned was that over here I feel like uh I feel like the majority over there I was definitely 100% the minority because I realized that I fully do look Latin I never thought of it that way whatsoever Mm -hmm. I never thought about it that way and you know what's kind of crazy I don't I don't know if you remember but maybe about a month ago i posted these pictures on instagram like they were really high quality pictures of me with my long hair do you remember mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you were like in front of a building right yeah you were like still in la and you, you were like in front of a building yeah no but that one yes but it's, <laughs> it's ones that i've deleted um i, I read i deleted them but, but then maybe okay. you whatever mm-hmm. um I look like, like I just, I was just looking at them and I remember that night, like I posted them and you know, I was getting a lot of like comments, this and that. It's like, Oh my God, he looks so good. Da, da. And I was just like looking at it and like, I look really Latino, especially with my long hair. 
Um, but I'm like, that's, that's really me. And it's like, no wonder why, like I get not tight casted, but most of the roles I go for, mm-hmm. like are, are, um, like minority roles, you know, okay. which isn't a bad thing, but mm-hmm. uh, it's just like, it made me realize of how I'm perceived to the world, you know, outside mm-hmm. of Miami. So that, and, and it's also like my internship over there working, um, I worked at Storm uh, Management, which is a modeling agency in LA. And, you know, I loved the people that I worked with. Super, I didn't have a problem with anyone. Super cool. But it was just seeing all these sort of people come in and working in a primarily, well, I mean, mostly everyone, like two people were from here, the other people were from London. So it was, you know, it's like a different perspective in a way. But either way, I knew that to them, uh, I was a Latin kid from mm-hmm. Miami. Like we, we definitely still got along, definitely still worked as a team, but that's just how I knew I was being seen. And there was really nothing wrong with it, obviously. Cause I mean, I'm comfortable with, I'm comfortable with my, like how I am and who I am. But at that moment I was like, wow, that's like, this is literally how other people perceive me. Other people who are like literally around, um, their same race at all times, because that's the United States for you. And that's, that, that was a little eye opening because even then, like, you know, I go to the University of Miami, which is definitely a white school. Like, I had a culture shock once I went there. I still mm-hmm. didn't even see myself like that because I would meet people and I would let them know I was from Miami. And they're like, oh, OK, but I never I, I was never no one was ever like, oh, yeah, I knew I knew that. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just from Miami. Cool. Mm-hmm. I don't But that's another reason why I guess I didn't it didn't get I didn't get hit as hard as I thought I would, because being around you know, living at school and making all those friendships and doing all those things. Um, I feel like I lost my Miami accent a little bit and I lost that part of my Hispanicness. Mm-hmm. that was, and I feel like I, I'm trying to regain that. Does that make sense? Like I like I'm trying, that. I'm trying to regain it. Like, it's just, I feel like it is a part of me that like I, I shouldn't let go of, even though like I don't want to live here in the long run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still, you know, I just don't want to whitewash myself. You get me? Like, I don't want to lose my identity. And I feel like a lot of people are willing to lose their identity just to, just to fit in. And I don't make think things that's, a little easier. Yeah. Make, make things a little easier. So, you know, that, that's, that stems back to the root of this conversation, th- this particular subject in this conversation. It's like, how often, how far are you willing to go to make things easier? Like, where's, where's the stopping point? of fitting in and losing part of your personality. You know, that's what a lot of people give up nowadays, like especially big celebrity. Big I celebrity understand what you're person. saying. So it's, so, yeah. I like like turns this took, like you did a really cool approach, like getting here. I liked it a lot. But one thing before I give my two cents and it's like, how do you feel about like noticing that you're, predominantly cast for these roles like do you wish that one day in Hollywood it'll just be that like you're a male and you're going to fulfill a male role whether it's heterosexual or homosexual or are you okay knowing that you are going to be representing like Latin men on the screen like how do you feel about that you know what I actually that's actually a really good you know topic of conversation for me because I love acting I like mm-hmm. it's just something that I like. It's one of my passions. I love it. And I feel like uh, um, it could be one of the many things I do. Probably a primary thing I do later on. Um, but 
you know, not that I would want to be Batman. <laughs> I'm just giving an example. I'm just giving mm-hmm. an example. But I, I know I can't be Batman. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? No, yes, yes. I just, I wouldn't even want it to get to the point where everything is so inclusive that I could play Batman. Okay. I, that, that's just, that's like my nerd side has to come out and be like, that's just not fair to the character. Stop it. It's yeah, like, you're not going to have an Indian Peter Parker. Wait a second. Did you not watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, but that's not Spider. That's not Peter Parker. That's Miles Morales. You get me? Oh, you can have, okay, okay, <laughs> you, okay. you have a, an Indian Spider-Man. Okay, okay, with okay. his own story, but you're yeah, not going to yeah, yeah. cast Peter Parker. It has to be Doug Patel. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, you get me? It's, it's just, like, that, that only makes oh, sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I understand. Okay, yeah. I like I'm not, I'm not, I like I'm not saying that, like, yeah, yeah. Spider-Man can only be white. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like no, that's, that's outlandish. Like, I, like mm-hmm. there, I know there's people who think like that. And, like, I mean, there's people who, like, even get into the subject of, oh, so Captain America gave his shield to a black man? It's like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, fucking racist. Um. Yeah. But that's, in the room. but that's you know to go back to where to go back to what i was saying it's just i'm comfortable knowing that that like i i can't play those type of roles like the huge roles mm-hmm. like the, the the staples that there will always be in hollywood because it's not like it's not like they won't be batman movies in the next 100 years like that's something that's always going to continue to happen but i am very much comfortable knowing that like in today's hollywood and the hollywood that we've had for 20 for the last 20 years you see these roles playing like these great roles being played by Hispanic men. Uh, for example, uh, Oscar Isaac. Uh, are you familiar with Oscar Isaac? Probably not by name, but by face, yeah. Um, okay, have you watched Star Wars, like any of the last three? Yeah. Okay, uh, Poe Dameron, the pilot. The, 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 like, you know, it's Ray, Finn, and Poe. Have you watched Ex mm-hmm. Machina? Yeah. Okay, Ex Machina, the guy who owns the robot. The main character? Not the main character. The guy, the bad guy, the guy who owns the, the robot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, did he have a beard in that movie? I don't know if he had he a did. beard in that movie. He, he was bothering me had a beard. It's funny because my sister literally, when she introduced me to the movie, she was like, oh, that looks like Dax, which is like her like boyfriend, like um, fiance situation. And it was like funny because it kind of does, but only in that movie, only in his role in that movie with the beard and he's bald. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yes, now I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. I love Oscar Isaac, you know, and he's Latino he's and- and yeah, like when he wins awards, he's always shouting out the Latin community and, you know, amazing actor. And he just gets great roles. Another person that I really enjoy watching is uh, Pedro Pascal. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds very familiar again. Give me, give me, okay, give me a role. Um, give me a- he played Oberyn in Game of Thrones. Oberyn Martell, the guy yes, who got his yes, head yes, squished yes. in. Okay, yes, well, yes, yes, yes. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I did not know he was Latino. I thought he was Middle Eastern. Oh, no, he is Latino. Um, shout out to him. They're, they're actually both really close friends. And he plays, um, he plays um, the Mandalorian. Like he is the main character of that show. Mm. You get me? So it's it's not like, which is awesome. Which is like okay, so they took a Latin guy and they made him like they introduced him as a like one of the biggest things. Like everyone loves the Mandalorian. It's such a great show. Mm. And to give to give that role to a, a Latin person is just awesome. Like that that gives me encouragement that to know that like I have like I have a place to fit in. You know, mm-hmm. and we're watching, we're seeing just so much diversity in like the world of movies. So it's like, I'm not bothered by it, but it, it is like not discouraging, but it's just something like I have to, like I had to get over Aware the fact of. that, you know, it's like, I couldn't even play like kid Superman if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but that's okay. 
like I said, plenty of stories to be written and plenty of roles to be fulfilled. And it doesn't matter because, you know, that's, that's just how it, that's just how the world works. Mm -hmm. And as long as I, you know, continue with my craft and, you know, do what's like given my effort to what's given to me, that's, that's totally what counts. Mm -hmm. but um i think i yeah continue sorry no no go go i think i i even remember actually now we we kind of had a not a similar conversation but kind of a, and you literally said something along the lines of like like people want stories like yours and ours now like no one just like wants that like typical like super white story anymore and you told me like there's like a lot of opportunity for me out there and i, I just remember yeah. that right there now. is a lot of opportunity for me um mm -hmm. i don't know if i ever told you but um i had an audition for euphoria which was super, super <gasps> yeah, it was, it was a super, it was a super cool yeah, experience. Tell me. I know I didn't. I mean, I, it's not like I'm just going to tell everyone that I had an audition for you. For I know, you. but that's crazy. That's yeah, amazing. it was cool. It was cool. But like you put it into perspective, it's like, okay, damn, would I, would me as a person with this physical appearance, acting aside, would I be able to fit in in a show like that? You know, that's one, so. I think, I think so too. And I think I killed my audition like coronavirus stuff happened and stuff like that. And you know, competition oh, is heavy. Oh yeah, they stopped, they, they, I, but I, I mean, they but I mean, they, they, were, they had already casted whatever character they, I was mm -hmm. supposed to, you know, which is okay. You lose mm -hmm. some, you're going to lose most of them. Dude, but you got in the room. It was, it was an online audition and I was going to like, I could, my manager was trying to get me into the room, but then everything else happened. So it's like, okay. You got in the room. <laughs> I got noticed. I got seen at least, which is pretty cool. You know, the part of, awesome. part of the creative field and part of being an actor is uh, you go, you don't get discouraged, you move on to the next one. That's just how Period. it is. That's literally, literally how it is. Danny DeVito mm -hmm. got 100 no's and that one yes, career changed forever. And I can name you a million other people with the same thing. It's just a matter of, mm -hmm. you know, continuing to do what you love. And that's just how it is. At the end of the day, life mm -hmm. goes on and you got to find other, like continue to find opportunities. But mm -hmm. we were getting sidetracked. So it was just, wait, why did I mention that again? <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I get it. Euphoria. Euphoria. Um, but it just makes you, it, like, just that I, the fact that I was given that opportunity shows me that, you know, just because I can't play this role, that role, this role, there is still plenty, plenty, plenty of opportunity for me, for uh other people who might feel the exact same way about me it's like oh maybe i don't fit into this world um mm -hmm. and and it's funny because i actually went into the whole acting competition field with the mindset that i had told you about you know it's like mm -hmm. people don't people are getting tired of the same stories uh they want to see different faces different this i went into that but i guess with everything being so new and like the pressure you feel you can you can forget about that like you know when you walk into an audition room you know, I actually went to like audition for like multiple things. Uh, I'll give you another example. I also auditioned for Narcos Mexico. Funny. <laughs> but yeah, you walk into the room and it's just, it's either people who look similar to you or people who could like be your brother <laughs> you know? yeah. or just people who can also be like, okay, yeah, I see you in this part. You know, mm -hmm. that, you know, that happening like every week or twice a week that can discourage you a little bit. And now I understand why a lot of people get discouraged because mm -hmm. you can just be another number in the pile of 100, you know, but that's okay. That's why I guess you just, you just got to get really lucky. It's, it's a matter, it's a matter of being in the right place at the right time, not just in this career, 
in so many other in anything yeah anything especially in the creative field you know but but we have so many like great opportunities now especially with the internet Mm -hmm. that's that's super cool and you know Mm -hmm. I'm I'm happy that I got to experience things like that. It gives me a perspective and definitely whoever I meet that wants to do similar things like that. Like I have to give them a piece of my mind when it comes to that. Cause you know, similar experiences, mm-hmm. but definitely being Latin is, I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's dope. Like, I can't complain. Like it's, it's just like, I, that's just part of my personality and this is, you know, uh-huh. But how did you mean that you lost some of it? Because I find that, like, what did you mean by that? I find that really interesting that you say that, like, you lost it and you kind of want it back. And, like, how did you identify you losing it? Like, what does that mean? How do, okay. I would say in the year, in the school year of 2018 to 2019, that was my first year that I lived at university for the entire year. And that was the first Mm -hmm. year that I actually made friends uh yeah because my first semester I you know I was going through a lot of things and I didn't really get the time to make friends or I lived the college experience you know that year that I just mentioned it was the the first time where I actually started going to parties started meeting people you know started living Mm -hmm. more of the college experience if that's what you want to say um so I was in my zone in that zone for a while you know I was yeah yeah, I'm I'm, you know what I can say that I was in my zone I was I was doing I I was I was doing what I, I liked. I was taking classes I liked. I was meeting new people. I was collaborating with people. Um, mm-hmm. Most of these people being you know, just people from around the United States. You know, not all of them white, of course, but most of them just white. And most of them speaking like how other Americans speak. So I felt like that just uh, without me knowing influenced the way I speak, influenced the way I thought about certain things. And um, it, it just changed me a little bit that when I went back to summer, like when I came back to like to school for summer and I had to hang around with my friends from back home, that's when I noticed I'm mm. like, I am very different now, like very different now. And it was just in a, in the sense of the way I speak in the sense of the way I think in the, in the sense of just uh, understanding in a way of how the world works, you know, because I don't want to bash on just regular not regular education i just don't want to bash people like it's just i like you know university education is just different like being in that realm is just different and i just feel like a lot of people and it's not that my friends it's just my friends don't have that perspective like my friends from back home don't have the perspective of the american life and the college life and you know college culture and the connections mm-hmm. that you can make you know it's they're, they're just they're just that's not in there that's my zone isn't their zone so it's like a clash of that you can un- you can really understand like how different you can become in just a matter of a year because of the people that you have around you so and just a semester yeah just a semester um so when i heard him speak and i'm like oh fuck you are definitely from miami yeah <laughs> and then just being like i definitely spoke like that too and like hearing videos of myself just speaking which is like completely okay but it's like, I feel like I lost it a little bit in the sense of, I don't know, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. I felt like when seeing, you know, obviously like people from my Snapchat or Instagram, my friends from just as I grew up high school and stuff like that, and they would go out and um, just go going to clubs and going to parties and things like that. And, you know, you primarily hear Spanish music. And I guess this is one of the big bullet points in that fact that I lost it. It's just like, I feel like I wouldn't, 
enjoyed as much or maybe maybe i feel like i wouldn't that's just like a dual duality type of thing it's just i feel like me being me and me being going through what i had what i have something as simple as enjoying bad bunny could be a little weird to other people you get me it's just, it's just like a completely mm-hmm. normal thing mm-hmm. but it's just like something like that it's like do i really deserve to enjoy this okay does that make sense this is actually the first time i talk about it so it's kind of hard to put Uh into words instead of just like it's it's kind of like it's a feeling that i'm trying to translate into words but it's Mm -hmm. like it's like me like completely ignoring my spanish culture for like not 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 willingly but just me completely ignoring it just Mm -hmm. to be in my in my groove of just university life and then seeing like going out and um you know just primarily enjoying things in english and things like that like do I deserve this? Like, am I, am I Hispanic no. enough? Am I, am, am, am I Spanish enough to really enjoy it to my full potential, like the full potential that others do, you know? Dude. Does that make sense? Is, Are you kind of getting? It makes perfect sense. And this is incredible because this is a thought that I've had so many times, but I've never been able to talk about it with anyone before. This is, my mind is exploding right now because like, not to bring up Kanye, but I'm going to bring up Kanye. He's just Meaning always the greatest, talking about... the uh, artist of our generation? <laughs> yes. But aside from that, he's like, we're always trying to put people in boxes, right? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like you fell into that. And that's not your fault. It's society's fault. That you were like, I'm Hispanic, but I'm not Hispanic enough to enjoy Bad Bunny. And it's like, I'm having this experience but I'm not maybe Caucasian enough to like understand what these people are talking about in its entirety. And you were just having like an uncomfortable situation. But I think something that's good to acknowledge is that like art is for everyone, you know? Like I remember having this conversation with my sister really, really early on. And she was talking to me like about the hypocrisy in the art world and most specifically like literal art that you consume, like an art puzzle. And she was like, a lot of times the subjects in paintings are people of poverty and they don't go into museums not because necessarily they can't afford it because you know the Perez Art Museum has I think it's like the second Saturday of every month for free and like um the MoMA has certain days and certain discounts they feel like they don't fit in so that's why they don't go and out and they consume these things it's not because they can't afford it because they feel like they don't fit in yeah. And that's one of the things that I'm really grateful for the internet, because I feel like the internet just gives you this explosion of information and kind of tells you like, you can be whatever you want to be in a way. So that's really interesting that you felt that way, because I think it's literally just you like feeling like you might be too much of something sometimes and you're not enough of something sometimes. But with that being said, I think that it is true that art is for everyone but I felt exactly how you felt when it comes to hip hop. Because I think even my sister's gonna get really mad at me for this, but really early on when I was like 15, I was like an insane hip hop head. And my sister was just like, I don't understand why you like it. This music isn't for you. And I was like, in a way, this music isn't for me. You know, like hearing Kendrick Lamar saying like, growing up on syrup sandwiches, come on like I've never had a struggle meal like a syrup sandwich if I'm being honest I've been so privileged and so blessed of how hard my parents have worked that you know like money's been tight at times 
but I've never had a struggle meal of like our equivalent of like a super, super struggle meal. Like there is nothing else is like arena and beans or like rice and beans. I've been privileged that I've never had to have a struggle meal like that. Like I'll eat it because I love rice and beans, but it's not the only thing that's offered to me at my table. You know what I mean? Of course. So sometimes I'll be listening to hip hop and I'm just like, this isn't for me. Or like when I was in Rolling Loud the last time I went in 2018, I was just thinking about like my like white passing privileged ass smoking a blunt at Rolling Loud, <laughs> right? And then I had this like moment where like Rick Ross came out and he was like, this is so crazy. Cause in 2018, it was in Hard Rock. He yeah. was like, this is so crazy to me. I grew up a couple blocks from here. And I was thinking about all of the black kids who that music was for them. That music was made to uplift them, to tell them like, I know the shit you're going through, it's gonna be okay and you're gonna get better. That weren't there cause they couldn't buy the ticket. And I was smoking a blunt and a lot of their family members had been put in jail and prison because of the criminalized behavior of marijuana. And I was just like, oh my God, can someone get me out of here? I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, just try to enjoy the music. I, I, like, I think you just thought, music. like, I get it, but you, at that moment, you probably thought about it too much, you know? Because at the end of the day, art is art, and art is for anybody. You know, just because the specific subject doesn't relate to you, doesn't mm-hmm. mean you can't enjoy it. It's not like I'm not going to, you true. know. It's like, why, why wouldn't you enjoy it? If it's literally pleasing mm-hmm. to you and it brings some sort of feeling, to, at the end of the day, literally art is made to cause some sort of feeling to that A person who is, who is like, taking it in so if it makes you happy if it makes you sad if you don't relate to it like that's fine like it's it's not mm-hmm. like you you're blasting out to the world i'm listening yeah. to this and i don't yeah. relate to it it's just <laughs> <laughs> like who cares no, uh, yeah, I, feel I understand it's like it's a, it's a little different for the things that i'm about to bring up but um but I, I totally understand and i'm glad you know we can you know have that same perspective mm-hmm. of like oh should i be listening to this you know mm-hmm. like do i feel blank enough to this than to this and that that's that's i feel like that's a total it's actually good that we think about it you know mm-hmm. it's, it's not like we're giving ourselves excuses it's like you know what bro like i can listen to whatever the mm-hmm. fuck i want it's like no yeah. we're actually putting some like valid validation to mm-hmm. like you know it's it's art at the end of the day it's art mm-hmm. um obviously limitations like there are certain words that you shouldn't say you know <laughs> obvious things good point um, <laughs> pin it pin it if you can ding 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 we'll pin it we'll pin it but um actually it's probably coming up next um it's literally coming up next (laughs) Mm -hmm. um literally with the topic that i'm about to hit but um you know it's so in the united states hip-hop is such a big thing and i'm gonna point out like two artists like who are in my opinion like the 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 media has just blown up particularly like twitter tiktok instagram and that's like like playboy cardi and like travis scott these two artists Mm -hmm. well I just feel like Travis Scott was someone who blew up in 2018 because of Astroworld. And that's where like all the white kids, they're like, oh shit, Travis Scott, we have mm-hmm. to like listen to Travis Scott. And like, same thing is happening to Playboy Cardi with all like, the memes and the white people like listen to tra- like Playboy Cardi. And like, obviously there's people mm-hmm. who don't agree that, you know, I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? Like, so I'm a Travis Scott fan. I've been like a Travis Scott fan literally since like 2015, 2018. I don't know if he was around self-reporting schools. Playboy Cardi, I can't tell you that much about him. I listened to him a lot in 2016. I really don't listen to him anymore. If I'm being I mean, honest, I'm not that... Fine. 
I'm not that much of a hip hop head anymore. And I feel like when I do listen to hip hop, it's definitely more music that I can relate to. It's definitely, I've really gone away from like mumble rap. I don't say mumble rap in a derogatory term. It's literally what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, just because people get confused. But I, I really don't listen to the like, um, I, there's no way for me to say this and not sound bad. Like, you know, just like the, the typical narrative that you hear in hip hop. Because yeah. I just like, I don't know, like I can't relate to it anymore. And I just got too much in my head about it. I, 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 can, I can sort of relate. Like, there's just some things mm-hmm. that I just don't listen to anymore because, I mean, it's not, it's not like I don't like it. It's just it like, it gets a lot like I'd rather listen to other things mm-hmm. but I mean there's just I just feel like hip-hop is such a huge influence on so many people. Yeah. And, and sometimes you see that influence and it just doesn't feel right on some people it doesn't mm-hmm. feel right like that some people like are so influenced by someone whose music literally doesn't relate to them like in mm-hmm. any way mm-hmm. it's like these kids who grew up super privileged listening to i don't know I, I think a perfect example was kendrick lamar dn um like his damn oh album. my god what what damn i almost called it dna because of the song dna mm-hmm. damn that was a pretty eye-opening album it's it's weird because there's things that you can grab from right because like in i think it's in duckworth he opens up the song and he says it was always me versus the world until I found out it was me versus me. I was literally like 17 or 18 when I heard that and my brain exploded. And if I'm being really honest, that one lyric in that one song, and I was like driving to like high school, completely and totally changed my life. Like hearing someone say that, I was like, oh. and then like that made me backtrack and I rethought my whole entire life. But then on that same note, in that same album, I heard him talk about syrup sandwiches and I was like, I felt like a fraud for listening to it. So I think that if you love an artist, you love their story because at the end of the day, it's a story that they tell. It's a story, but also like we're getting into really touchy territory because it's that whole thing of like, Oh, someone's hurt. Isn't more important or more valid than someone else's hurt. Right. So like, let's say he's like a super privileged white kid and like his parents really neglect him. Mm-hmm. I'm like painting a picture and like his parents are getting a divorce and he's like in pain from it. If this music can bring him some sort of comfort. Okay. But I think it it gets really hard and uncomfortable when we see them appropriating black culture. I think that's when it's like, that's the point I wanted to bring up. Yeah, This is gross, right? Like, I just think it's gross at this point. I I think it's pretty unsettling too, but yeah. But it's crazy because I've, I've, I've realized that with like being like Latina and like Hispanic, I feel that way when I see someone appropriating my culture, you know? And then like, it, it gets me mad. Like, Give me an it gets example. me furious. Okay, like people are going to get so mad at me, but like when I see like, there's just like a very certain like Miami style, right? And then it's like, it's not as obvious as like someone appropriating like a black woman's hairstyle, but like, there's like, there's just like, there's like a Miami girl style. You know what I mean? And like, when I see a full on white girl pulling it off, I get mad. And then like, we're, or like when they're like rocking the hoops and like the, like, you know, like the dark outer lip, lighter inner lip type situation, or just like the really long nails with the nail art. Like I'm Latina and I don't even always rock that, but like I respect the Latinas that rock that. 
And I know that at certain points, like that was called ghetto. She was being called a chonga. She was being called like una chola and stuff like that. And then now because like a white girl's wearing it, it's a vibe. Yeah. And black women feel the same. It's, and that's that's, that's actually like, a cycle that's going to continue and continue to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's, it just happens with everything, literally everything that we like. There's some, it's just that we consume. everything that we consume at some point. Most of these things have a negative opinion at first. And then they're like, and then it just gets some, like, like, for example, it's, it's like, uh, like Post Malone, I'll say it as an example. I remember when Post Malone used to get trashed just for being him. Mm-hmm. Now he's like one of the biggest artists in the world. And like everyone loves him. He also him. went poppy though. He also went really He did. Radio. And that, that's fine. But yeah. I mean, you get what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, I, at first Lil Uzi Vert was always being trashed because his mm-hmm. first on, on fucking bad and bougie. And now he's mm-hmm. one of the biggest artists in the world and like white kids love him. And mm-hmm. you know, most of these, most of his streams, obviously like mm-hmm. if you do the math, the calculation of like African-American to white people in America, it's like mm-hmm. most of the streams are definitely from white people, which I don't think he complains mm-hmm. about, but it's still, um, you know, a other, bag is a bag. yeah, a bag is a bag, but it's just like when you start like appropriating that into yourself, when you really don't relate to it, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Enjoying the art or enjoying the music. That's not the problem. As long as you're being respectful in those boundaries that, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the certain like words, like the N word, that's the, certain things that you just can't say and certain things that you just mm-hmm. can't use. Um, but yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really difficult. I'm going to be honest with you because then it's like, who draws that line? Like, who is the, no one, like, no one draws that line. That's who's why the I, appropriation police, right? I mean, I think the internet kind of does a good job at calling people out on it. Like, have you seen that thing where, like, girls who are, like, on the thicker side will, like, get really, really tan and, like, dye their hair dark and they'll be, like, Latina? But then they're, like, not. And then everyone's, like, right? Because, like, I think that this, like, really crazy thing happened and this I kind of know from like the beauty world right this really crazy thing happened where like we don't remember this because we were little but like people who are older than me are constantly reminding me like at one point Paris Hilton was the ideal of beauty in America like you had to be really white you had to be like tall and thin and skinny and blonde and white like that was beautiful and you would not walk into a single campaign of any makeup you would not walk into a single campaign for anything that had to do with hair good point and you wouldn't see someone that looked like you kim kardashian is what she is and she appropriates every freaking culture times a billion but what she did do for the beauty community and for women she 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 showed that there was something else that was defined as beautiful like here was coming this like middle eastern girl and she was curvy right she was visibly not white and people were like oh yeah that's beautiful but now the problem is you go on instagram and every single girl looks like her and they are all built like centaurs they're literally built like a centaur it's a cycle it's a cycle cycle. and it just happens it's always gonna happen like that that's a good point that you brought up because um you know how i told you i was interning at that modeling agency um you know like obviously i love to ask questions and things like that and like they're I remember people would come in to see if they were a good fit for the agency and things like that. And it's like, Oh, they, they try not to hire white girls because they have their main white girls, but that's not what people look for anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, or, or, or like your blonde dudes with blue eyes and ripped abs. That's like 2006. People want, no, <laughs> literally yeah, people want different. And that's totally cool. That's like, that's mm-hmm. amazing that people would want different, but like, like we've been talking about, it's just a cycle. And, Maybe in 10 years, people will be like, you know, Kim Kardashian won't have the, 
the influence she has. I know it can be somebody else. It'll be a ginger, um, hopefully. They're running out. Everyone just starts dying their hair red. The freckles. Yeah. It's a lot. It is. It is. But, but um, that's the world we live in. <laughs> that's the world we live in. But, but either really way. Really quick on rap. Uh-huh. When I started to feel, and these are the rappers that I gravitate towards now. When I started to feel like a rapper was speaking to me, and I didn't feel weird listening to it, was one Flatbush Zombies just because they talk about like enlightenment, like opening your mind and like reaching your third eye, two, two, two. I love the first album. I love their first album. I haven't listened to the Vacation Hell album. It's not that good. They have like two or three songs that are really good. And A Lace Odyssey. I love that album. Will always be like, I think like that was like incredible. I love that album. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. So like Flapper Zombies, obviously Kanye. Like literally when I was hearing Kanye talk about like, being confused and like being in college and like you feel like you're smarter than everyone around you which might be a fucked up thing to say but like I feel like every creative has felt like that way mm-hmm. at one point or another like you're like looking around and you're like yeah. you know I, yeah, love, right? I love I love listening to Kanye speak because I feel like I can relate to him a lot in a sense that like I know he's always his mind runs at a thousand and my mind always runs at a thousand and it's just like similar things that he said and like you know just looking at you know don't box yourself in and like have different ideas and it's okay to be different. And um, I can relate to a lot of the things that he, he said, which is like, okay, mm-hmm. which is, it's cool. Cause that's like, that's, you know, the, the people who should have an impact in your life, you should be able to relate to them somehow and like yeah, someone to I look like up that. to. And um, he's a Gemini, <laughs> 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 but, um, but yeah, who else for you? Um, definitely Kid Cudi. And then more recently, I, like, used to listen to Skepta a lot, but, like, now I'm, like, super into Skepta. His last um, album, he had a song called Bullet From A Gun. Mm-hmm. That, it was, like, you have to listen to it. Like, it's 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 insane. And then also, like, Earl Sweatshirt and stuff. He hasn't dropped something. Really like and then, Earl. obviously, Tyler. You don't like Earl? Mm-hmm. Really? Maybe maybe I just haven't given it a chance, but I mean I listen to You gotta some- listen to it in like the right headspace. Like you're just like super over everything and you're just like in your car, like like you're 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 like parked in the driveway and you still have your seatbelt in. And you're I like I think so. I just I don't know. I I don't vibe with the with the way his like his voice. Or like I said, that I haven't a lot. I haven't given it a fair chance, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I just like for as of right now, it's not like my go to whatsoever or like No, but that happens all the time. Like yeah, I showed I someone Kanye and they're like, Yeah, this is good, but I'm just not into the auto tune. And I was like, Okay, listen to old Kanye. You yeah, know what I, I mean? You're, yeah. you're not gonna get auto tune there. But and then like obviously Kid Cuddy. I don't know if I said that already. Mm-hmm. Cud the cutters, the cuddy. I love him so much. But, but you also mentioned Tyler. Kanye. And I feel like Tyler is just like the fandom has changed so much throughout the years. And I, I kind of don't like, don't like, you know, it's it's a meme, but like the flower, um, the flower boy, uh, like the fans, mm-hmm. like you know, it's like they're wearing, they're wearing, they're wearing, they're like, they're, it, it's just like it's a, they're, you know, they're wearing their vans and they're, they're cuffed up jeans and like certain like accessories that like will point them out to be a Tyler the Greater fan. And I don't know why, why his, why his following became like that because I remember seventh grade. There's actually I don't have the cup. Like literally seventh grade, I have I had a friend called Kevin and he the loved. Donut. He loved Tyler the Creator, like his bastard album and shit like that. And here I was, like a little fat seventh grader, listening to like <laughs> some obscene shit, like literally some obscene shit. Like Tyler the Creator mm-hmm. was dark. Like that shit was dark. Yeah, it was a lot. Like, <laughs> so there I was, like a little seventh grader, just listening to shit like that, and then just seeing like the like the progression of his music. Um, mm-hmm. 
to what the fan base is now like you know like a whole bunch of skaters and i get it like that's that's just like the persona but that was mm-hmm. like a little it's a little different i still enjoy his music i think igor igor is amazing i love igor like oh, and i feel like a Broadway lot of people was good too. yeah it, it definitely was but i feel like it just changed the fan base and like a lot but um igor was great i feel like igor is one of those albums that you can say is an experience mm-hmm this might sound silly, but when I see someone like Tyler, the creator, I see someone who I feel like used to be really angry and maybe like had some shit he was going through. And I feel like in a way he, he knows, he knows his place in the world, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like he knows who he is and I feel like he has this like really beautiful, creative, like soft side of yeah, him. I and I feel like he's finally showing that so i think I that that's why it's, we it's, see a, that, it's like, a good transition it's it's it's, right? it's transit like artists are supposed to transition mm-hmm. i mean kanye's work is different every single time every single album. every single time and you can say that of tyler as well like everything like from like obscene like every project like like burn like <laughs> like kill people burn shit fuck school <laughs> to yeah. fucking you know um but that's yeah it's just it's just every artist is so different. And, like, we can go on for hours about this. But, I mean, yeah. I read one thing one time where it was, like, I don't, I, I, I wish that I had it, like, written in front of me. I would have written it down. But it was something along the lines of, like, artists make music for, like, where they are in their life. And if for some reason that intersects with yours and you relate to it and you become a fan that's beautiful, but you're going to keep going this way and they're going to keep going that way. So if you're here and they're here, you can't get mad at them because they're not making something that sounds like it's yours anymore. Like they don't owe that to you. The sit, and, that's the problem with Kanye West fans. If you, yeah. if you think that Kanye, like if you don't like it, like if you think you're like Kanye changed too much or I don't fuck with this gospel shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> you just, you just, you don't understand. You I mean, but also that. it's undeniable that like Jesus is King is not at the caliber of like Jesus or my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or like it's not it's 100 percent not but i think we also have to recognize that maybe like it's just where he is right now it's just where he is right now his priorities aren't music anymore his priorities are not music anymore no they're not And also he's like he has like treatment and like a family and he's like healing like he said it himself he's like you don't make an album like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy on medication like i'm sorry but my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is just a long manic episode. And that's why it's so busy. You, every single second in My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is a different experience. It's like, it's insane. And then you get to Jesus and it's like, he couldn't have followed up My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy with anything except for Jesus because My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is Kanye maximalist, like at his peak, like yeah. insanity. It's the and Renaissance. Then Jesus Jesus is bare bones minimalism. It's just like he that's just my favorite album. I know, I know, I've, I've told you before, but Jesus is my favorite Kanye album. It's just mine is my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So I guess that's something about our personalities. I guess, but to me, Jesus <laughs> yeah. is just amazing. I mean, obviously, every, everything is like it's every out like we've discussed. Every album is different, so everything like it's just an exp- it's like different experiences, and like I love the Arctic Monkeys um because literally every album is different like every album has something you know a different sound a different story a different vibe and i love artists like that like you know like kid cuddy it's not like every album is different but you know there's certain song like there's some albums that have a certain vibe to it like because of certain songs I know what but, you're but yeah um but um last point i want to 
to touch upon to wrap up. Um, I was I've been meaning to ask you. Well, it's 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 oh it's been about a year since we went to the Tame Impala concert. Like oh my god, happy you know anniversary. That? I forgot. Do I remember I that? That. <laughs> that concert was amazing. Of course, yeah. of course, it was amazing. That's, that's one of my so that's good. one of my favorite experiences of all time. Like, I, w- insane, I wish dude. I could remember more. <laughs> but I remember, um, I, I, I remember like happiness. Like, I just remember like mm-hmm. just being like, oh fuck, amazing, bliss. calm, bliss, like amazingness. But um, I remember once you tweeted that you didn't think their new like his new album was good. Do you still feel that way? I don't even think I've given it that much of a chance. I think you have to to give it another chance. I have to give it another chance. I I think it's really good. Explain it. The three, the three solo singles that he came out with, like right before we went to the concert, were really good. I thought they were so good. Mm -hmm. I was listening to his album, and the thing with Tame Impala for me is like. I'll listen to him and it's like the moment I start listening to him I'm just like in a trance and I'm like I, I hear everything I'm feeling everything and I'm loving it I don't know why I haven't been able to do that with this album like maybe I have to like listen to it in the car I have to get high I don't know I have to do something but I haven't been able to do that for this album and then also someone put me on to this band called Unknown Mortal Orchestra I remember and you, I re- you, sent, you sent me one of their songs you liked um, it right I loved it I loved it um multi-love so good good so, song it's a, so it's right a dope song. now my like absolute obsession where like at one point like tame impala was literally one of my top album um top artists of like the decade and my top from like 2020 i'm sorry 2019 i think 2018 i think that like overall like as a person i'm just like switching from like because like at the end of the day like one of my favorite genres of music is literally psychedelic indie but i'm switching from like him to more like unknown mortal orchestra territory and just like overall like i like when people ask me like what music i like i don't even say tame impala anymore i say unknown mortal orchestra because i've just like the way that i like dissected and went insane about tame impala i've done that with unknown mortal orchestra and i don't know if everyone's gonna agree with me but i feel like like you know how people say like um blank walked so whatever could run I kind of feel that way about Unknown Motor Orchestra. They're not as digestible as Tame Impala. They're really dark sometimes. And I feel like maybe that's why I like them a little bit more too. But it's just like, I feel like Tame Impala is here. And then you get this like really deep, seated, incredible, fleshy mess mm-hmm. that is Unknown Motor Orchestra. But I mean, Kevin Parker's a fucking genius on yeah. his own. I'm not going to take that away from him. And I mean, he has a lot of pressure on him. You know, he's like... At all times. Because he he intersects so many different genres of music too. Like I read an article one time and it was like why Kevin Parker is hip hop's favorite producer or something like that. That was a, that was a, I think it was a, you read it too. I watched the video. It was a, what's this fucking genius. Yeah. Genius. 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 Mm -hmm. They, they did a video on that. Yeah. So I think I just have to give it another chance, but it's just like, now I'm just like 100%. I get it. I totally understand Ruben what you Nielsen, mean. Nielsen, yeah. unknown mortal orchestra girl. And I love, I love the fact that like you can recognize that because I, I, I recognize mm-hmm. those things too. Like when I, when I love an artist, when I'm really passionate about something, I'm going to be on that for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's honestly very few people, very few artists that like allow me to like experience their music at any point. And explore. Uh, and explore and just like not get tired of it. And that has been like Tame Impala. Uh, 
the arctic monkeys for sure like i've been listening to the arctic monkeys like you're such an arctic monkeys boy i love the arctic monkeys like i I was in there you know how spotify gave that like the that special playlist for like your biggest i don't Mm -hmm. know but like they gave me a playlist it's like you're in the top one percent of arctic and i'm like bitch fuck yeah like Like, i had to be there um and it's still like one of my goals to see them live but um it's like very few artists do that, but like that, that, that just encourages me to list, listen to more Unknown Mortal Orchestra because I, I really so, enjoyed that song. So the I have album to. Sex and Food, just literally listen to it from start to finish. It's okay. You're gonna like the songs We're Not in Love, We're Just High, and Ministry of Alienation. And then, like, honestly, every song on my album is so good. But before we sign off, I didn't touch up on this, but I think this is important. This is way back when we were talking about like neutralizing our accents how you said like when is too much i feel like getting your foot in the door like neutralizing an accent and getting your foot in the door is okay but when you're there you cannot by any way shape or form compromise who you are where you came from so like i will always rep being cuban lebanese spanish and from miami every single day of my life because that's what made me and that's who i am Mm -hmm. and i'm so proud of and I, I, I totally I totally see that 100%. It's like, I, I love being from Miami, even though I don't want to live here. I, I love, love being it. from Miami. Like, bitch, I'm from the 305. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, I, exactly. I, I just love it. And yeah, of yeah. course, like my, my Colombian roots, of course. And it's just, it, that is like another subject because I can't relate to like my Colombian cousins and stuff like that because, you mm-hmm. know, not the full experience. I came here when I was seven. But, um, but I still love being Latino. I still, mm-hmm. I still love being from Miami. So. And you bring, believe it or not, you bring so much of where that into your craft and I think that that's when things become really really like beautiful like something that I noticed recently and I was just like confused by it but also like what and it's like the more personal something is when it's art like that you consume like like literal physical tangible art it's like a movie or it's a song the more personal they are the more in a weirdly way universal they become right like when something is like vague it's like whatever but then like when something is just like so specific and like and it's just like literally someone's like like they rip themselves open you're like it's just like oh like anyone can see it from a mile away even someone who isn't just like who like thinks like you you know what i mean so i think that that's good even then because like if i'm playing a little bit i'm getting my bag and i'm putting my caucasian voice in but that means i'm gonna get in the door i'm gonna get the contract i'm gonna sign the contract the whole world wins because yeah. people that look like me and people that came from where I came from, they're going to be my discouraged. Voice, no, they're not going to be discouraged. My voice is going to be in that room and I'm going to help. Well, if you, if you room. change, if you change, if you change for the worst. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. But yeah. if I remain me, if I yeah. remain Mary and if I remain Cuban, Lebanese, Spanish, Miami, girls from all of those sectors or people from all of those sectors i'm going to be speaking for them in those rooms you know what i mean so like do whatever the fuck you got to do to get into the room and then when you get there like stay true to who you are like that's what that's that's kind of my approach and like i fucking love miami i love every single piece of where i'm from and where my parents are from i think my parents really taught me that like every single little component of our family has constantly been celebrated and I, even in my creative work, like some days, like I'll be so Spanish and then some days I'll be so Cuban. And then some days I'll be so like Lebanese, like with the colors that I want to use or like the textiles that I'm into. And it's like, 
some days even when I dress, I'm like, I want to put this in my hair. Like, I want to make my eyebrows a little bit bolder, like things like that. So I feel like when you're just like true to who you are, like at the end of the day, you're just like listening to like that little voice inside of you is actually a thing. And I talk to her all the time and I literally talk out loud. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, I'm being so honest. Like, your gut is that bitch. Forever will be that bitch. Very true. And is your bitch. Like, you have Very to true. listen to it. So, yeah. Never stop being Colombian. I mean, look at... Who's I going to say? This doesn't really relate to culture, but... Have you seen Honey Boy from Shia yeah, LaBeouf? Of course. That was insane. And he literally ripped himself open. I, I never felt that seen or represented by a movie before and it had absolutely nothing to do with culture had absolutely nothing to do with gender he was just sharing that trauma that is so taboo and, and weird to talk about in our culture and I was just like I was watching it and I, I just couldn't believe everything that I was catching on to and relating to mm-hmm. so I feel like and this ties back into what you said like we don't want those regular like girl next door stories anymore like people want the truth like we want more from artists and I think that the artists that are going to stay with us for a long time are the ones that are listening to that. like Childish Gambino we love him too and like he's giving us stuff like that of course oh yeah the, t- the tattoo you got I don't know if everyone's going <laughs> to 3005 I'm going to have 305 soon and you're going to have 3005 Wait, I have get removed no of course not what are you crazy that's why I brought it up that's why I, I know I know it. it's, 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 he's one of those other people that just make different things all the time and like just yeah. drive in that art form Although I don't know about his latest album, like it's one of those things that I haven't given a fair chance. But um, you just gotta listen to it one more high. That's what you gotta do. Maybe, perhaps. Op- open up the third eye. Correct. Very true. Am I gonna get arrested for this? <laughs> yes, I'm. By calling. the way, I'm in the state of California right now. <laughs> Everything is legal. Not yes. even. I'm in Canada. We're in Canada. Is this legal? Yeah, and it's it's amazing that we can do this for me being in Miami and you being all the way over there. Thank you, Zoom. Right? Thank you, Zoom. <laughs> Shout out Zoom, by the way, right before we 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 end this because uh, my podcast has been able to start this early because of Zoom. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Not to be sponsored. <laughs> Yet, Zoom sponsored me right away. Um, <laughs> but either way, thank you so much. Like, I hope thank you enjoyed the conversation. Me. Cause um, I, I, I really did. And um, I had you because I, I know you like to talk about like all these topics and, you know, give your feedback about things like that. But, um, and I did learn a couple new things, you know, perspective. That's why we do these things. Um, thank you for joining me. Thank you for the support. And uh, you know, we're always there for each other as always. 100%. 100%. Keep killing it, bitch. 305. Keep killing it. 305. Period. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a good night. Okay. You too.